The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here are your top five at five. We begin with the worries on Wall Street. Stocks just reeling following their worst trading day since October amid some new worries that are creeping into the markets. Then we turn to big tech. Shares of Apple, Facebook, and Tesla all facing some steep losses this morning following their quarterly reports. We're going to sift through those numbers and break down the key takeaways. Also deep in the red this morning, the stocks at the center of the retail investor-fueled rallies amid the mounting debate over their influence on the market. And the chat thread helping to fuel those massive moves. Well, it's facing some new backlash as it gets banned from one of its servers and several major airlines out with their earnings today on the heels of Boeing's massive quarterly loss and the key questions about the skies ahead for air travel. It is Thursday, January 28th, and you are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. And good morning. I'm Frank Allen in for Brian Sullivan. Here's how your money and the global markets are setting up their day. Stock futures in the red across the board right now. We're seeing the Nasdaq taking the hardest tumble. That's following some big tech earnings. And this after the major indices suffered their sharpest one day losses since October. The Dow falling two percent, while the Nasdaq and the S&P, they were down two and a half percent for the week. All three are down now more than two percent. Investors also digesting the latest policy decision by the Fed, maintaining its current monetary plans. Chairman Jay Powell acknowledging the economy has really softened in recent weeks. We continue to follow the speculative buying frenzy in heavily shorted stocks that have kept investors right on the edge of their seats. There are growing fears that hedge funds being squeezed out could be forced to reduce their equity holdings to raise cash. This morning, shares of the stocks at the center of this action. We're talking about GameStop, Bed Bath & Beyond, AMC, all suffering steep losses after Discord banned the Wall Street bet server following repeated warnings for allowing hate speech. Now to your morning's other top stories and the aftermath of big tech's latest earnings. We start with Apple. Shares in the red this morning despite blowout first quarter earnings from the company. However, Apple did fail to provide guidance. Still, Apple reporting its first quarter with over $100 billion in revenue with sales for every product category rising by double digits. A key driver for the company, the iPhone, of course, which accounted for 59 percent of the company's revenue during the holiday quarter. Most people agree we're in a super cycle wave of device upgrades by customers. Next, we turn to Facebook. Shares also under pressure this morning. The social media company actually beat on the top and the bottom line for the fourth quarter, saying it benefited last year by a shift toward online commerce and products during the pandemic. But it's warning a reversal in pandemic trends and the looming changes in Apple's operating system could actually hurt its advertising business. And Tesla shares selling off this morning. You see right here down 
7.5% after releasing their fourth quarter figures, the company topping on revenue but missing estimates on earnings. Tesla also saying it expects annual average delivery growth of 50% going forward, with two new factories expected to come online this year and updated versions of its Model S and Model X vehicles now in the early stages of production. Let's go worldwide now. Our Juliana Tattlebaum. She's in our London newsroom with a look at the early trade over in Europe. Good morning, Juliana. Frank, good morning. Well, European markets are tracking Wall Street quite closely. Yesterday, we saw a steep sell-off in European equities. The main benchmark, the stock 600, dropped just over 1%. And the German market underperformed, dropping 1.8%, pushing it back into negative territory on a year-to-date basis. This morning, we are seeing the selling continue. But we bounced off the absolute lows of the day. So right now, the German market is off about 1.6%. At one point, about a half an hour ago, we were down more than 2 So a bit of a floor that we're seeing now come through for European markets, and that has coincided with a bit of a bounce in U.S. futures as well. But overall, a negative picture. Taking a look at the sectors, uh, see what the breakdown looks like. Red across the board, but we are seeing some particularly heavy selling in insurance and oil and gas alongside healthcare. At the top of the board, the more resilient parts of the market, food and bev down just about 10 basis points, so holding up fairly well. But beyond that, we are seeing pretty deep decent selling. So clearly uh, what you guys are watching, the retail frenzy in the U.S. is causing jitters over here in Europe as well. Frank? All right, Juliana, thank you very much. Turning back to the U.S. market, stocks suffering their sharpest one-day losses since October amid concerns the vaccine rollout and and heightened speculative trading. Now, despite these headwinds, your next guest says there's still upside for the markets and is putting a price target of 4,000 for the S&P by the end of the year. I'm joined now by Roderick Van Lipsy, Managing Director at UBS Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. So let's start out with that price target you have for the S&P. With all we're seeing today and the fact that the S&P is actually fractionally lower for the year, what's giving you the confidence to make that, that price target projection? Well, Frank, yesterday's market was a wake-up call for investors. If we stayed and look at the longer term, though, we've really seen an amazing run in the market. So a little bit of a pause it should not be surprising. Uh, January, November through January, if we track those markets, we've had an incredible rally. Uh, I think that what we are seeing our investors are taking a hard look at the reality uh, that we've woken up in January and understood that the vaccine is coming, but it's not going to be here that fast. Uh, That relief is coming, but it's not going to be $2 trillion worth. And so we're back to basics of block and tackling. Uh, Some of those big names, super cap, that are selling off right now, uh, we've seen investors begin to take that rotation. Uh, Cyclical sold off also yesterday, so there's a little bit of a reality that we're going to be stuck with technology and stuck indoors for a while. But the bigger picture says that equities with interest rates this low are actually still attractively priced. So, Rod, you say that there's also potential for this market to be a bubble. And as you mentioned, this week and today, we're seeing these tech earnings or tech stocks fall after their earnings. And as as I said, the S&P down fractionally for the year. Um, What is creating this bubble-ish perception in your mind, while at the same time you have that projection for the price target for the S&P? Well, listen, we're all stuck at home. Uh, Mobility is down. We've got a lot of people who have a lot of time to look at the internet, to look at their personal devices, to be spending on their tablets. And so, of course, technology, our life is all about technology right now. But again, if we look at those valuations, investors should be looking for places where we can expect some attractive returns. 
And so for that segment of the S&P 500 that has dramatically outperformed, there's still an awful lot in the S&P and in small caps and mid cap stocks that have not outperformed where valuations remain attractive. And so we spend a lot of time focused on that mid uh, on that upper cap uh, tier, those mega caps. Uh, if we come down a few levels, there's still some place for investment. There's still some place for return expectations. We think we'll get through this turbulence, but yesterday was a bit of a wake-up call uh, that there will be market volatility ahead. So, Rod, why would we rotate away from the those mega caps uh, tech stocks and consumer discretionary stocks that really pushed the market further in 2020? I mean, U.S. equities had a 21 percent return in 2020. Why change up now? Well, listen, we've already seen that change up start. Uh, if we were to look at the first couple of weeks of January for some clues, we began to see that the tech stocks, the big winners of last year, uh, were actually lagging. Some of the value stocks and things that were recovering, the cyclicals were coming back. So I do think it's important for us to understand it was the stay-at-home basket of technology that is getting us through this COVID regime. And we're not through yet, and the markets understand that. So there's still good support for technology. But as we come out and we get the mobility trade started, uh, as we get into the next quarter and the following quarter after that, we really should see cyclicals recover. We really should see some opening, which is going to help with consumer discretionary. It's going to help with those smaller cap companies. Uh, It's going to let us get things going again. Uh, And so we see great value there. Overseas, we're also seeing some incredible opportunities uh, in emerging markets, in small cap and small cap international value. There's a lot of places there where we have not seen this big tech bubble focus. And Rob, before we let you go, we have to ask you about some of this activist retail uh, investor movement, the, the activist retail investor movement that we're seeing that related to GameStop, AMC and some other stocks. How do you see this impacting the markets right now? And could it lead to a broader sell off? Well, right now it's causing some real challenges. And those challenges are particularly challenging or or particularly difficult for the hedge fund folks, the professional investors who are looking at valuations and saying this doesn't make any sense. And those that are short covering are having to cover those. They need to sell some good stuff to take the cash to pay for it. So this cycle, uh, we call this the gamma trade, it could continue for a little while longer. And so this is a dangerous time for the markets, uh, but we'll get through this. Uh, And I think, unfortunately, there's going to be a little bit of a bubble bursting for some of the really speculative, uh, small micro cap tech names. We'll see what happens with those in the coming month. All right. Rod Van Lipsy, we appreciate the insight. Thank you again. Now to the latest out of Washington as President Biden continues his executive order initiative, now shifting his focus to health care. This amid the push by the administration to get more vaccines and aid out to Americans. Tracy Potts joins us now from Washington with the very latest. Good morning, Tracy. Frank, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Three sources, including an administration official, giving us some detail on these executive orders on health care today. President Biden expected to sign off on expanding Medicaid, getting more people signed up for Medicaid. But it's not clear yet exactly how he plans to do that. We'll likely find out more specifics on that today. He also wants to reopen the Affordable Care Act marketplaces mid-year to people who need insurance in the middle of this pandemic. And Frank, it's a pandemic 
pandemic that is getting worse. The CDC now confirming that by mid-February, we will see, will have seen uh, more than half a million deaths that the new UK variant of the virus is spreading in the United States and will be predominant by March. And that the vaccine distribution, as we know, as we've heard from states, uh, that rollout is slow going. Right now, one in 16 Americans have gotten both shots, but a lot of states are saying they just don't have enough vaccine. The Biden administration trying to push out more. They're slimming down their stockpile, trying to fill orders from states in real time, and now even asking the military to help. Well, Tracy, certainly the toll of the pandemic still being felt here in the U.S., um, both, you know, human toll and economically. So what is the latest on COVID relief talks? So still negotiating, but the snag right now seems to be what's in that $1.9 trillion plan that President Biden is pushing. Democrats want a quick vote on this, but Republicans and even some Democrats are balking at what they consider extras in this bill, uh, hiking the minimum wage, cybersecurity, and other issues that they say are not directly related to COVID relief. Get some of that out, and they think they might be able to uh, get some bipartisan support here. Otherwise, we could be looking at Democrats pushing a vote that only includes Democrats getting it passed. Yeah, I don't think that's the only time that's going to happen this year, Tracy. Thank you again for all the insight. Tracy Potts down there in Washington. All right, when we come back, the World Health Organization officially set to begin its probe into the origins of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are live in Beijing with the very latest. Plus, the ongoing outbreak just hammering Boeing's latest quarterly results. We dive into the broader airline business and when the industry may start to turn around. And later on, Robert Frank explains how Tootsie Roll, yes, Tootsie Roll, has found itself caught up in the short-selling saga gripping Wall Street. A very busy hour still ahead when Worldwide Exchange returns. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. And welcome back. A World Health Organization team is in China, and they're set to be released from the mandatory quarantine and then begin their investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 outbreak. Eunice Yun joins us now from Beijing. Eunice, what's up first for this team? Well, the team is out of quarantine. Uh, they uh, were taken away in buses, not allowed to stop and chat with the reporters. But they did tweet with one of the scientists saying that they're going to move into the next phase of work. So the team wants to trace back context as well as activities of some of the first known cases and ultimately better understand how the virus jumps species to humans. Uh, they put in some requests of where they would like to see. They'd like to go to the hospitals, they said, uh, the wet market in question, where uh, which has been associated with the most um, cases, especially in the early 
early days. And even uh, they, one of them put the lab, um, which had been accused of leaking the virus, on that list. Now, the foreign ministry uh, said that the team is going to be able to hold conferences, interviews and inspections. Uh, not a whole lot of detail there, though. So uh, it's unclear what exactly they're going to be able to see. Uh, the WHO team had stressed that this is a scientific mission. Uh, but as you all know, Frank, there's been a whole lot of politics around this investigation, um, with many people criticizing it coming uh, a year too late. Uh, the White House had also said overnight that it's concerned about some of the misinformation from some sources in China and that urged uh, what um, uh, the press secretary had said, a robust and clear investigation. Uh, the, the foreign ministry, uh, meanwhile, had said that um, they don't want to see any prejudice uh, from overseas distracting the WHO uh, team. Frank? You know, that statement only makes me have to ask you, Eunice, are there general concerns about transparency surrounding this investigation? There are definitely concerns. Uh, they, uh, first of all, the evidence is going to be provided by the Chinese counterparts, which um, in some circles already raises questions. The One of the scientists on the WHO team had said that the Chinese have shared uh, more information that hasn't been made public in the past. So that's uh, an encouraging sign. However, there are some victims of the families in Wuhan who've been asking to meet with the WHO and also also have been uh, saying that they want to share their story uh, with these international experts. And those people have been either blocked or have been complaining that some of their their attempts uh, to get to the WHO and also to have conversations online have been completely censored. A lot of questions left to be answered. Eunice Yoon, live in Beijing. Thank you for, very much for the very latest. Appreciate it. All right, still on deck. More on the COVID-19 outbreak as Pfizer reports potential progress in combating new mutations of the disease. Details on those key findings when Worldwide Exchange returns. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. All right, welcome back. 21 minutes past the hour, a live look at Times Square where they're holding Restaurant Week. A friend tells me you can find a blue cheeseburger with bacon, mac, and cheese there if you're you're willing to to travel down there. We're going to talk about a a couple other colorful foods in just a minute as we check on this morning's other headlines. NBC's Philip Mena, he's in New York with the very latest. Would you eat a blue cheeseburger? Uh, a blue cheeseburger? Not too into that, but I see what you did there. We're going to talk about those colorful foods in just a moment. Uh, good morning to you, Frank. Uh, in the first eight days on the job, President Biden has signed over 40 executive orders and more were expected soon on immigration. But sources tell NBC News that the White House will likely have to hold off for a few days. They declined to give a reason. That delay includes the highly anticipated announcement of a task force to reunite migrant families separated under the Trump administration. And one of the six suspects in the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has pleaded guilty. 
Ty Garvin admitted he was part of a group that planned to kidnap Whitmer. The plea agreement revealed some startling details. According to investigators, Garvin said he practiced field training exercises and cased Whitmer's vacation home in preparation for the kidnapping. Under the deal, Garvin has agreed to fully cooperate with investigators, including testifying against his alleged accomplices. And finally, here's what we were talking about. Kraft is getting cheesy for Valentine's Day by rolling out a limited edition pink mac and cheese. The dinner mix includes a flavor packet which turns the mac and cheese pink, and it also adds hints of sweet candy flavor for those that are into that. Frank, back to you. Now, you said for those that are into that. Does that mean you're not into that? I mean, not with, uh, with candy flavor and mac and cheese. This is not my jam. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So the blue <laughs> cheeseburger is a maybe, but the pink mac and cheese is no. That's where we stand. All right, I appreciate that. Thanks for All that right. check-in, Philip. Have a great day. All right, man. Still on deck. Shares of Apple, Facebook, and Tesla all in the red this morning following their latest quarterly results. Wedbush's Joel Kalina is standing by to lay out the key takeaways and what investors need to know. And a reminder, you can always watch or listen to us live on the CNBC app, Worldwide Exchange, back in a moment. Under pressure, futures pointing to more losses at the open after Wall Street suffered a big sell-off. We're talking tech. Shares of Apple and Facebook trading lower this morning, despite better-than-expected quarterly results. Plus, why some of the most shorted stocks were dropping and may now be rebounding after an explosive rally. It's Thursday, January 28th, 2021. You're watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. All right, welcome back. I'm Frank Holland in for Big Papa, Mr. Brian Sullivan. Here's how your money and investments look right now as we're halfway through the 5 a.m. hour. Stock futures in the red, but the Dow is starting to claw back, only down now just a few points. Uh, the Nasdaq continues to be the deepest, continues to see the deepest decline on the back of those Facebook and Apple earnings. Those stocks, despite big beats, taking a loss this morning. Now, this after the major indices suffered their sharpest one-day losses since October, the Dow falling 2%, while the S&P and the Nasdaq, they were both down 2.5%. For the week, all three are now down more than 2%. Investors also digesting the latest policy decision by the Fed, maintaining its current monetary plans. Chairman Jay Powell acknowledging the economy has really softened in recent weeks. We continue to also follow that speculative buying frenzy in heavily shorted stocks, that have really kept investors right on the edge of their seats. Now, there were growing fears that hedge funds being squeezed could be forced to reduce their equity holdings to raise cash. Now, this morning, shares of the stocks at the center of this action, you can see GameStop, Bed Bath & Beyond, AMC, all of them, well, they were all suffering losses. Now we're starting to see things uh, kind of reverse a bit. GameStop actually now in the positive, up 4%. Cost Corp, up nearly 24%. Some of the other names you see still in the red. Uh, BlackBerry still with its steepest decline, over 10%. Now, sticking with those shorted stocks, as we look at your morning's top stories, a number of those names, well, they got hit hard last night after messaging platform Discord, it banned the Wall Street Bet server. In a statement, Discord said it didn't ban the server for financial fraud-related reasons to, to GameStop or other stocks, but instead because Wall Street Bets continue to allow hateful and discriminatory content after repeated warnings. Now, after that ban, the moderators of Wall Street Bets, they briefly took to the Reddit chat, took the Reddit chat room private. It became public again, but the GameStop thread, that was locked, meaning users could not post new comments. We'll have continuing coverage of this story throughout the day on CNBC. 
Among the guests not to miss, that's Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian. He's live on Squawk Box at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. In other corporate news this morning, a study finds Pfizer's COVID vaccine works against mutations found in South African variants, losing only just a little bit of its effectiveness. The study was conducted in a lab on blood taken from people who had received the vaccine. And now turning to Facebook, CEO Mark Zuckerberg announcing the social networking giant will no longer recommend civic and political groups to its users. The company is also now looking at ways to reduce the amount of political content that pops up in a Facebook newsfeed. Zuckerberg says this is based on feedback from users. And sticking with big tech, Facebook was among the trio of companies reporting earnings last night, and all three are lower in extended trading. Facebook soundly beating earnings and revenue forecasts on heavy holiday advertising, but it warns Apple's looming privacy changes with iOS 14 could hit revenue, interfering with targeted ads. Apple's quarterly revenue topping $100 billion for the first time ever, with iPhone sales up 17 percent and business in China rebounding. However, Apple did not provide specific guidance for the current quarter. Now Tesla posting its sixth straight profitable quarter, but the company's delivery forecast for this year, it appears less robust than analysts expected. For more insight on all these names, let's bring in Joel Kalina, head of tech and media training at Webbush Securities. Joel, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. So, Joel, we just kind of broke it down, but let's just kind of dig into it. Uh, Apple and Facebook beats on the top and the bottom line. Apple shipping the most smartphones it's ever shipped. And then Tesla, while the shipments may have been below what people may have thought or whispered about, pretty close to what those people were whispering about. Why are we seeing this big tech sell off? Yeah, I think there's there's obviously what's been spoken on your program for the past 24 hours, a lot of larger forces in motion uh, with, with the overall market and, and some of the gross reduction being seen, especially across the hedge fund community. Uh, you know, a rough night overnight in Asia, semi-index down over there fell another 4%. Uh, Hong Kong tech index fell 4.4%. And clearly it's being led by here what's going on in the U.S. But, you know, last night earnings uh, can start with Tesla, as you kind of hinted, you know, the implied growth for, for fiscal year 21 for, for deliveries for Tesla. They're aiming for around 750,000 units. That was pretty much just bang in line with expectations and well below it, you know, kind of whispers that crept up to eight, eight, 800,000 units. So that's kind of the source of the weakness with Tesla, as well as margins came in much weaker. And they cited, you know, aggressive price cutting in China, uh, continued, uh, you know, supply chain costs that are rising, you know, globally for almost every auto, auto manufacturer there is. So I can see Tesla, uh, there, there are things to poke at. For a stock that's gone from you know $100 less than a year ago, you know nearly hit 900. You know did, it did hit 900 not that long ago. So you know for Tesla, I'm watching the 21-day moving average. It's around 802. It's trying to hold there right now. But if it can't hold, you have to think the near-term term momentum for Tesla is down closer to the 50-day around 700 bucks. And then for Apple, I mean, there's really not much to poke at. I mean, as you said, it was a, a record quarter across the board. Uh, iPhone revenues were well ahead of expectations. And the key part of the story, China growth up 57% year over year. Um, there's really not much to poke at. Company was a little bit cautious, you know, moving forward. You know, services are going to face some uh, steeper comps, which we already we already know a lot of these tech companies are going to face some serious comps. Uh, just kind of, you know, what, what we saw, you know, in, in Q2, Q3 of last year with COVID. But, you know, for me, Apple remains a buy and hold story, fairly straightforward, install base continues to grow. And it seems like the 5G kind of uh, handset demand is really it's only been kickstarted and, and we'll see robust uh, uh, sales throughout the year. All right. Let's shift from those Wall Street whispers just to a group of people making a whole lot of noise. The retail investors yeah. on Reddit. 
Were those some of the larger fortunes you were talking about? And what we're seeing with GameStop and Tootsie Roll and some of these other companies, could that lead to a broader sell-off, especially for tech? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, no secret. You know, the, these hedge funds do get together. They talk, whether it's idea dinners or, you know, all, offline, wherever it may be. You know, there's a reason when you look at some of these stocks, they have short interest well north of 20 percent. You know, you have the herd mentality on the short side as well. Kind of the, the, the complete inverse of what we're seeing, you know, from the Reddit army uh, on the on the long side. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, clearly the margin clerks have been making their calls and and. And there's been, you know, gross, the, the takedown of gross has forced guys to cut their winners and cover their shorts. And it's just kind of been a negative, vicious cycle that we've been seeing, you know, really so aggressively pick up uh, yesterday. Uh, and that's really reflective in the VIX kind of jumping, you know, from 21 to 37 in such that short window. We'll see if things stabilize today. Uh, but clearly, there's a lot of pain out there, uh, especially with the hedge fund community. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of funkiness under the hood in the markets at the moment, to say the least. You don't hear funkiness on CNBC very often. I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> turning now to a lot of that concern on, on, on Wall Street, a lot of people are going to be looking to go defensive. And I thought it was pretty yeah. interesting. Your defensive play was FANG plus Microsoft. But aren't those megatech companies, aren't those the ones that people are actually trying to rotate out of? Yeah, I mean, what I think that the FANG trade has become a lot more, probably the most compelling it's, it has been in, in quite some time. Um, you, you pull back some of these charts and whether it's Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, I mean, Google's probably been the, the, the outperformer. Um, Amazon, these things have been choppy, really going back to the summer and even more so since kind of the first Pfizer vaccine headlines hit on November 9th. You know, clearly they've been left behind in the cyclical kind of uh, recovery rotation trade that's been going on. Uh, but end of the day, valuations probably is very compelling at these levels for, for all of the names. Um, and, and in terms of positioning, yeah, I know, uh, you know, JP Morgan's quant guru, you know, Marco Kalanovich, he's been talking about more neutral positioning. Positioning in the FANG, you know, large cap stocks is, is a lot more neutral than it's been in recent memory. And I think that's that provides a very uh, 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 opportunistic time to step in and buy these. I mean, Facebook's quarter was good. There's some things to pick out in terms of their cautious outlook as well. Um, but ARPU was much better than expected. And again, I think Zuckerberg has been known to take a more cautious stance when talking longer term um, versus being overly bullish. And so I kind of I think these are names you can own without kind of losing sleep at night. All right, Joe Kalina, thank you for that insight into the funkiness. We appreciate it. Have a good yeah. day. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. All right. So coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, taking flight. We're going to talk about the airline business amid the continuing pandemic and new travel restrictions. But first, as we head to break, some of your other headlines this morning. Las Vegas Sands up slightly despite a bigger than expected quarterly loss. The company's new CEO says the COVID recovery process is underway in Macau and Singapore. Levi Strauss shares those drop those shares dropping this morning. Earnings and revenues, they topped estimates in the latest quarter, but its forecast for the current quarter that disappointed investors. And in Washington, President Biden is temporarily freezing U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia and examining arms purchases into the United Arab Emirates. This comes as his administration reviews billions of dollars in weapons transactions approved by, by former President Trump. Officials say such review is not unusual for a new president, and many of the deals are likely still to happen. Stay tuned. Worldwide Exchange, we're coming back in a moment. And a live look at Chicago, the hometown of Tootsie Roll. Just found that out this morning. That's actually where they make Tootsie Rolls, right there on the south side of the city. Tootsie Roll also one of those stocks that's... Uh, 
The center of attention with those Reddit users uh, shares up 5% in the early trade, closed up 11% yesterday. All right, well, the airlines, they will be in focus today amid this busy earnings week. Now, we're set to get quarterly results from American Airlines, JetBlue and Southwest. Those results coming after Boeing reported a record annual loss of $12 billion. That was after a year where a plunge in air travel just devastated the company's finances and jet sales. Joining us now for a look at whether the company can bounce back from its rocky few years is Sheila Kayalu, aerospace and defense analyst at Jefferies. Good morning, Sheila. Morning. Thank you. So we're going to jump into this. Uh, what are you expecting today from those airline earnings? We mentioned that there's three of them coming up and are on deck for, the, for today. You know, we've heard from already United and Delta, not much change. Um, you know, I think we're seeing different commentary about when the airlines get cash flow break even. Uh, but the real story is, when does this reopening trade open? When do we see an uptick in bookings? And when do people feel safe traveling again? Our favorite pick in the airlines is love. Uh, that's because they're more domestically driven. We think domestic travel will come back faster than international, as well as leisure prior to business. All right. So, Sheila, so we not been- much change from the airlines today. Got it. Um, We mentioned in the beginning, uh, Boeing recorded a a record quarterly loss, uh, much steeper than expected. Also, the 777X was pushed back to 2023 and no guidance, but Boeing only down about a percent or so this morning. Was there something more positive in there that beyond the headlines that people may have missed? I mean, there were so many billion dollars in charges. There was definitely nothing positive in that Boeing earnings report yesterday. Uh, The 777X delay, again, nothing new. Um, it, it was pushed out from 2022 to late 2023, so about a year and a half delay. The two reasons for that delay are one more regulatory scrutiny, as we've seen with the 737 MAX. We've heard from the business jet OEMs yesterday, General Dynamics and Textron. They're seeing some slight delays as well. Um, so that that was part of it. But the real reason is the 777X is lever to the wide body market. That's international travel. The order book was fairly limited at around 300 orders centered around five major customers and therefore the big push. Granted, it's a 20 year decision to push the aircraft, but no surprise, there's no immediate appetite in 2022 for the aircraft. So, Sheila, let's stick with Boeing for a second. Uh, your price target for Boeing is 275, significant upside for this company in particular that's under 200 this morning. What do you see as the catalyst for this kind of price action? It's really to get back to a normalized free cash flow, which is the catalyst across our aerospace coverage. So some of the names we like are Boeing, Raytheon Technologies, Transdime Spirit. So you could get a package of those, whether it's OE demand or aftermarket, lever to more immediate travel. Um, the rationale for our price target is based on a normalized 2023 free cash flow number. So the free cash flow numbers are going to be pretty big losses in 2021. That's because of some payments Boeing has to give the airlines prepayments. They improve massively in 22 and 23 and 24. They start to normalize. The reason they're improving massively is because Boeing's starting to unwind the max that's been grounded for you know 18, 24 months now. Uh, that just started flying in December. So as we look at a normalized free cash flow, we think Boeing could earn around $10 billion in free cash flow. We put a discount in market yield of around 6% free cash flow, and we get our 275 uh, target price. Let's talk a little bit more about the MAX. Uh, European regulators giving the green light for the MAX to go back up in the air. How big of a part will the MAX play in Boeing's potential recovery? I thought maybe that was the one positive to come out of uh, yesterday's earnings call. So I would mention the 737 MAX right now. There's been about 40 deliveries within the first 30 days to five airline customers. Uh, That's 
pretty positive as we expect 180 deliveries for 2021. I would say six months ago, I thought that estimate was pretty aggressive. I'm feeling more comfortable about that now, and that's going to be part of the inventory unwind of 400 aircraft sitting there. Yesterday, the European authorities uh, approved the aircraft, and Dave Calhoun on the call said that by Q1, they expect all other regulatory uh, authorities to approve the aircraft uh, to fly by the end of Q1. So again, that was a positive data point we had not heard before. All right, Sheila, back to the airlines that reported their earnings today. You mentioned that Southwest Airlines Love is your top pick. What are you expecting from the other two? Um, we actually don't cover JetBlue. On American, we are underperform rated. Um, we think their uh, travel exposure, their business exposure um, is not positive. And we also think there could be some pricing wars across the big three airlines, whether that's Delta, United, and American. We're seeing love coming into markets um, because it has the capacity to right now. Two years ago, uh, you know, load factors were at 80%, was very high. Um, you, you couldn't get the route structure. But what we're seeing is love coming into the market, opening new routes, pricing those routes low, and potentially gaining market share. And because Love has an all-737 fleet, it lost out on some market share in 2019 and 2018, um, and, and it'll allow it to regain some and maybe plus it up. All right, Sheila, thank you very much for that insight. Those earnings coming up later today. All right, Thanks. on deck, what some key voices in the markets are saying about the brewing battle between retail investors and shorted stocks. And if you haven't already subscribed to our new podcast, Worldwide Exchange, every day in audio form, if you miss us, you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast apps, and we will be right back. Stay with us. This idea that all retail investors are unsophisticated, they shouldn't be managing their money, and they should leave that to the experts or institutions is um, is a notion that we just have to move past. I think it's worth watching what's happening here. Um, ultimately, companies in the fullness of time tend to trade around their underlying value. And so um, there will be people who make a lot of money in the short term. Some of these situations may not turn out well. Ultimately, I think investors should look at the fundamental long-term prospects of a business. I think that what it proves is this retail phenomenon is here to stay. There are 2.7 million people inside of Wall Street bets. Um, I think that they are as important as any hedge fund or collection of hedge funds. It's a risk to the marketplace. Uh, the marketplace should be a place where risk is taken, but not reckless risk and not a situation that undermines the entire system. And that's what we're looking at here. Uh, this is irrational. That was just a taste of the ongoing discussion on CNBC about the short squeeze we're seeing from retail investors. Some of the stocks at the center of the Wall Street bets Reddit thread Bouncing back just a bit after selling off after the threat was banned from social platform Discord last night. But for the week, those squeeze stocks, they're still way up, with costs surging more than 2,000 percent. As retail investors pile into these shorted stocks, one name also getting a huge boost amid all of this, Tootsie Roll. And that's providing a big boost for the company's CEO. Robert Frank joins us now with more. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Frank. Well, Ellen Goodman's family, they've owned Tootsie Roll Industries for nearly 100 years, her father founded the company, her husband ran it for 50 years, and she remains the CEO at age 88. The stock has basically been flat for the past 20 years, but this week, retail traders, they started buying. They drove up the share price by 45%, hitting an all-time record. 
Goodman owns about a third of the company, so her net worth increased by $400 million. She is now worth about $1.2 billion. Now, the reason this became such a hot trader stock is because of the short interest. Over 40% of Tootsie Roll's float is sold short, making it among the 10 most shorted stocks. Now, sales at the Chicago-based maker of Junior Mints, Charms Pops, and Double Bubble fell 14% in the quarter and earnings were down 16%. Now, the traders have also boosted the fortunes of Canadian billionaire Prem Watsa. He's up $800 million thanks to his stake in BlackBerry. That stock tripling over the past two weeks. And AMC CEO Adam Aaron adding $20 million to his fortune. Uh, Frank, as you mentioned, some of these stocks are down overnight, but Tootsie Roll actually still up in pre-market trading. So we'll see whether that ride continues. I'm a big Tootsie Pop fan. Tootsie Rolls are okay, but the Tootsie Pops are outstanding. Um, But just back to Tootsie (laughs) Roll for a second. What about their underlying (laughs) business? Is there actually a bull case to be made here? It's tough to see one, especially at these levels. This is a company that's now valued at $2.5 billion. The P.E. multiple is at 48. So this is like beyond even tech category. They say their last three quarters have been tough due to the pandemic. But the pandemic has actually helped candy sales. So it's hard to see whether, you know, reopening the economy will really help Tootsie Roll or whether these brands and these candies are just a little bit outdated. That's, you know, that's a great question. Never been a fan of a junior man or everything else, but the Tootsie Pop is a solid pick. And we're getting one step closer to the Frank and Frank okay. show, Robert. Let's talk about it later. Right, <laughs> Frankly speaking, I love it. <laughs> All right, back to the broader markets. And your next guest says he's seeing signals that the market actually may be cracking. Joining me now is Strategic Wealth Partners Chief Investment Strategist, Nate Fisher. Nate, thanks for being on. Good morning, Frank. So, You say the market appears to be showing some signs of cracking, and maybe we are seeing it. The S&P basically flat, fractionally lower for the month. And today, we're seeing a big tech sell-off for the week. We're seeing stocks down. What other indicators are you seeing of this cracking besides the price action? So when we're looking at the technicals, the market breadth is starting to narrow. When we started the year, about 86% of the market was trading above the 50-day moving average. And after yesterday's sell-off, we're looking at about 46%. As we end January, we start to move into February, which is more of a seasonally weak month. As you're well aware, sediment is running hot, and complacency is also there. Nobody thinks stocks can go down right now until short squeezes start having margin calls, and that perpetuates more and more selling as hedge funds have to start selling their best stocks to cover for their worst stocks. So, Nate, let me ask you, what's your take on this uh activist retail investor push on Reddit and otherwise, and the rise of stocks, as you mentioned, like GameStop, Tootsie Roll, AMC. Do you think this is, has the potential to create a, a broader sell-off on the markets? It's just showing you that some investors are very offsides. I mean, when you look at the long, short size of books, it's been very easy to pick on these names that have been secular losers, you know, retail, uh, brick and mortar, like the Macy's of the world. These stocks have been well known to not be able to compete with online e-commerce platforms like Amazon, Nike, and, and other direct-to-consumer names. So, no, it's not surprising me that these, these names have had tremendous amounts of shorts, and then you get the perpetual call buying that has to have the brokerage side of the business to come in there and hedge their bets and essentially buy long the stock, and it just self-propels the, the short squeeze. So, no. But I don't think it's really creating a bubble in the market because these are such small names that don't really matter. Now, if you start seeing massive short squeezes in Apple, Microsoft, 
Facebook, these names are about 20% of the total S&P from a market cap standpoint. So that would be a whole different conversation. I don't think we're quite there yet. All right, let's talk about some names that do matter. I know you're overweight on tech and healthcare, but those are pretty broad subjects. Can you kind of right. narrow us down, especially when it comes to healthcare? When you're when you say you're bullish, what are you talking about? Are we talking about like a teledoc? Are we talking about CVS? So what, what, what we're really positioning ourselves is for that reopen trade. And from the reopen trade, I mean people getting back in the operating room. So think of Stryker yesterday. They reported numbers that were pretty much in line. There's a lot of knees and hip replacements that didn't happen last year. Those procedures are essentially delayed. That's not demand destruction. That just means they're need, going to need to happen in 2021 as COVID starts to fade in the background. So med tech is where we like to be. Uh, not really active in the insurance side. Uh, more on the software side with Aviva. Those are names that we have big positions in in healthcare. All right. Digging a little bit deeper into tech, when you say tech, are you talking about those mega tech stocks? Are we talking about things like fintech or some of the other areas of tech like a Zoom that we've seen really explode during the pandemic? So the bulk of our positioning in uh, the tech sector is more on the semis and the software side. We do obviously have exposure to Microsoft, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world. But we're, we're, we're seeing a lot more value on kind of the derivative plays within the small and mid-cap names. So take a name like Knowles which is the leading provider of microphones that go into consumer electronics. So you could also say this is a derivative play on the Apple uh, phone cycle, which was very, very strong yesterday. These guys are selling into the smartphones, the wireless headphones, uh, the PCs, the tablets. These guys have mics in all of the hottest products in, in the consumer market. And it, technically, it's tra trailed the, the Russell 2000 as well as the tech sector. So that's a relative value trade that we're seeing right now that is probably fair value anywhere in the mid-20s, and it's below 20 bucks right now. So we had an earlier guest describe uh, FANG plus Microsoft as a defensive play. Do you agree with that, or are you rotating your portfolio into more cyclical names like industrials or materials? Uh, so, so the industrials and material complex has really been the spot to be since the late, late last summer. That, that trade's starting to fade. Relatively, the materials, industrials, banks have all trailed the, the broader market. Tech has been resurging lately, but I do agree with the person who said that you want exposure to, to the mega names, the, the fang names, just given that they're the internet staples. These guys can perform in pandemics, outside of pandemics. These are all weather tech stocks. You want exposure. We're not really overweight a lot of them. The, our favorite name is Amazon out of those, but generally, yes, you want to have exposure there. So any other big themes for today as we see this huge tech sell-off with Tesla, Facebook, and Apple down, despite Apple and Facebook having really strong quarters. If you're looking to do something today, what are you focused on? What, what I'm looking really to do is, is take some positions that have been outright winners, trim those a little bit when I like the long-term <coughs> thesis, and then maybe raise marginal cash. I'm talking 5 to 10% of the portfolio. Not today, but generally as we continue to move forward in the next, let's call it, four to six weeks. And then wait for those names that maybe you missed over the last six to 12 months, and buy them when they hit levels that you like them at and that you believe in that longer-term fundamental story. So that's really what I'm doing. I'm not, it's not a wholesale change on my end by any means, but I'm just looking to be opportunistic where I see better stocks that I can upgrade the portfolio to. So when you say better stocks, is today the day to buy because we're seeing this huge sell-off? I don't think you've seen enough pain in the market. If you look at the Russell 2000, it's still 30% above the 200-day moving average. Uh, the large cap names, the S&P 500, still 10% above the 200-day moving average. There is more, more wood to chop if we're going to come down. So I say be patient. If this correction is just starting, we're in the very, very early innings of it. All right, Nate Fisher, we really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on this morning.
And that does it for us here on Worldwide Exchange. Squawk Box is up next. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.